Hello, all you beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of The Bit Effect. Today's topic is one everybody has an opinion about. That's preservation. Whether it be emulating those dandy compilation discs or keeping it pure with the original hardware, it's something that affects all of us in one way or another. My name is Dave, and with me to discuss this are my good friends Luke. Hi. Mike. Hello there. Kev. Yo. And Craig. Hello. Now, before we start, I would like to state that none of us are professionals in any capacity related to gaming. So all of these opinions are just that. They're just opinions from enthusiasts. So don't, you know, kill us over it. Now, gentlemen, at one point or another, we've all, you know, emulated stuff, whether it be older stuff or even sometimes the current stuff. I mean, you all have experience in that, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Do you guys have a um, an out-of-bounds? Like, for me, I, I won't emulate anything that's above disc media so anything like playstation one I, I try not to emulate because with that i can still buy it most times yeah i'd say i'm, I'm pretty much the same it kind of depends for me i uh, don't own many of my older consoles so the only old console i own is a ps3 and a wii um so unless it's available through a remaster or on the the playstation store on the ps4 or the ps3 i tend to emulate if i want to go back yeah, I I like to I like to emulate anything and everything up to and including the current generation of consoles. Uh, I I always try to build a PC based around around where we're up to and that and uh, yeah yeah it's a it's a good little pastime. For me, emulation is kind of like um, it's become less and less needed because I would used to I used to emulate like old point and click adventure games or whatever, but more and more of them are being remastered, so there's less of a need. To actually emulate, I'll just buy it on an iPad or PlayStation or something. Now, when it, when it comes to preservation, I mean, we can all get on our high and mighty horse and say it's about you know preserving the the medium of, of games. But I mean, for the most part, you know, Wikipedia will serve that fairly well. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, is it for the most part that well we just want to play these games? Yeah, yeah, it's, I'd say so. I mean, I mean, as much as as much as uh, like Xbox Live Arcade and um, like other kind of similar platforms that are releasing these games, um, they're not going to be able to emulate or reproduce every single game. I mean, everyone's got their favourite classic games and stuff, and whether it's just a case of whether you're willing to pay whatever seven, eight, eight pounds for one single game. Um, I guess it comes down to an individual. Like, I mean, I mean, the big one for me is Mame. Yeah. I know, Kev, you've got a lot of experience with MAME, too. I mean, have any of you other guys uh, tooled around with MAME at all? I, I haven't in the slightest. Nor me either. No, I've not touched it. Does it feel boring now? Are we boring people? Yeah, you're missing out. No, I, I, I've, uh, I've got into MAME, but it's more of a case of... I think MAME, Mame itself is a, you know, it's multiple arcade uh, sort of Machine simulation emulator. thing. Yeah, and... And the thing is, for me, I, I prefer, you know, if, if you delve into it, you can get different emulators for different systems. I find certain emulators work especially, especially better for certain platforms. For example, like the Sega Model 3 or Capcom CPS Freeboard. There's all sorts of stuff in there. And, um, and yeah, so I, I guess I do deal with MAME a little bit, but it's more to do with uh, uh, certain, certain hardware revisions that I want to look into, especially for games that we never got to actually get a chance to buy. For, for MAME, I mean, that's the biggest concern is those games are pretty much dead. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to play Go Go Miles Smile at their local 7 Eleven or anything anymore. What the f? 7 Eleven? It's a convenience <laughs> store. It's like a spar. <laughs> yeah. So you go to a spar and play games? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. I mean, I, I don't know if. Uh, is Arcade Machine still kind of quite kind of popular in the States? Like in like shops and like. I don't know, like uh, shopping centers and stuff. In Philadelphia, there were some dedicated arcades. But a lot of them were becoming like um, we have a franchise here called Dave and Buster's, and it's basically a giant arcade with a bar attached. Okay. Mm. And so you know you get blitzed, and then you go play, you know, balloon climber or something. Um, it, just your regular arcades, like in convenience stores or grocery stores, all that is dead now. Even most arcades are. Ticket redemption things, they're they're not you'll never see Metal Slug. No. All right. All right. Uh, is it same over there or do you guys have a better arcade scene? No, well, certainly uh, not. 
not here no maybe maybe about 20 years ago it was like two tc maybe arcades in aberdeen and even the one that's left now is pretty much it's pretty much switched out all their arcade machines for like coin machines like um no like your penny ones yeah all that kind of things where you slide it down a wall and you've got knock yeah all that kind of stuff so yeah arcade scene certainly here is pretty much dead as far as so I'm aware. Now, what about you, Mike? Any different where you live? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a case of basically, you had two main options for the arcade. Um, I mean, in recent years, in the past, you know, I had too many options, but but at present day, it was a case of pretty much the Trafford Centre in Manchester or the uh, town centre, the cinemas there. So you'd get all these Sega games, your uh, you know, Sega Rally Two, um. I don't know. A lot, a lot of the times, it's the you know light gun games like Time Crisis, um, House of the Dead. Usually, usually the the ones I haven't played as much like House of the Dead three and four. And then you'd get uh, the Namco Center, which is in the Trafford Center, and that's that started off originally years ago with um, quite quite a good variety of games. But these days, the last time I went in, I think. There's just a couple of cabinets and that's about it. And you get a lot of these sort of strange games which I'd never even heard of before, which are like a, you know, photorealistic, sort of really, really soulless looking driving games, which which don't seem to be coming from Sega. But I don't know what exactly they are, but that's, that seems to be pretty much it. Apart from that, it's just uh, just rubbish, really. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's as far as my options go at the second, or did go until I moved to uh, the south of the country. Where there are zero arcades. <laughs> now, now we're all pretty much around the same age. Uh, we all we all grew up in the, in the era where arcades were kind of a big deal. I mean, everybody played Street Fighter Two in the arcades. Do, do you guys miss that scene at all, or are you kind of glad things went the way they did? I I miss it personally. I mean, uh, you know, it, it used to be a point where, you know, pe- people can now come home with like sixty-five inch TVs and stuff like that. But at one point, you'd have. Street Fighter Alpha has just come out this week, and they're, they're dedicating a back back room to a you know a huge screen. Someone already knows the cheat code to get Akuma, and it's all all going crazy in there. <laughs> and uh, around the corner from that, you know, you get a bit of respite in playing a bit of Alien vs Predator or uh, whatever, eh? Captain Commando. It's all. I yeah, I miss it completely. For me, the only place I could uh, play games was a local hairdresser who had an old Street Fighter 2 arcade machine, but um, I kind of lived in like a rural part of Scotland when I was younger, so there wasn't the option to go and go to the big arcades. That was only for like a birthday or something, so um, I don't really have a lot of memory of it, to be honest, apart from Street Fighter 2, which is um, probably why I still love the franchise today. It uh, It was a majestic feeling going to an arcade machine and feeling the buzz around it and um, watching especially the older kids kind of you know the way they played and trying to learn it learn the moves that they used when they weren't uh, when they weren't playing so yeah unfortunately I didn't, I didn't get involved in that but hearing about it from other people has been really good yeah I was kind of the same growing up there wasn't really a lot of arcades about there was certainly nothing you could go down like the local bowling alley and they might have time crisis or something sitting in a corner somewhere that's broken and one gun's hanging off because some Neds tried to steal it. <laughs> so, you know, it's really, it was very lucky to find one in the part of the country that I came from that hadn't been vandalised in some way, shape or form. <laughs> um, it's a bit, bit of a shame. So, yeah, I, I didn't grow up with arcade scene. I grew up with uh, kind of sitting at home, playing whatever I could get my hands on as opposed to actually being social about it, which was, I suppose, regrettable now, but... No other option. I find it amazing that you guys managed to survive without an arcade because ar- arcade always seemed like a glimpse into the future of what you know what you'd wish had come home to your your console at some point in time. Yeah, it'd always yeah. be like you know if if you saw the like um, you know the first model free games come out, they all they seem to even make your powerful PC look rubbish. You know that that sort of technologically advanced. You've seen like texture mapping in. Daytona and things, and you're going home and playing, you know, things which are pushing 2D about, but trying to make it look 3D, and it's just a completely an, another level. It's like a little trip to the future, and uh, 
And it used to, used to be really cheap as well. That's that's the crazy thing. It used to be you know, like twenty p, fifty p a game on a game on something that that you'd uh, you'd want to spend all day with. You know, it, it, I, I play, like, remember you've just. You just remind me specifically of Time Crisis and actually playing it in arcade. And then I think it must have been a couple of years, maybe a couple of years after I'd played it in arcade, my dad got it on the PlayStation Two, PlayStation Two, yeah. And he brought this big box and the, the polystyrene with the guns and pulled the guns out, and I absolutely lost my shit. I was like, "Oh my <laughs> god, this is the best thing ever!" And I remember that as a very kind of nice, happy. Feeling so that's exactly what you're saying. It's a, a kind of glimpse into future. Mm, mm. Nice. Yeah, for me it was that that first time I spotted that wonderful Marvel vs. Capcom two cabinet, and that thing wanted to take me for a ride. And boy, <laughs> how they did it! <laughs> that, that, w- once I found out that hit the consoles, it was like that's it. Gaming can go no further. We have reached the peak. Mm. <laughs> now, now on, on on the subject of arcades, I mean, are you guys big fans of, of the collections like your Taito Legends, your Namco Museums, the Capcom collections? Even some of the oddball ones, like on the Wii, with like LA Machine Guns and and Mad Dog McCree and eyeball stuff like that. Yeah, yeah for, within reason. I mean, I, I think I picked up every uh, every Capcom collection one on the uh, the PS One. In fact, I think it was a four disc thing, and you had, you had pretty much all the all the old games like Gunsmoke, Mercs, uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. You had pretty much the whole lot, and I've. I think it's one of those one of those sort of things that I'll always rebuy the collections, no matter where it comes to, because it, you know, yeah, I'm the same. There's some games which just stick with you for life, I guess. You got to, uh, yeah, but I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm a sucker for them. If they bring out, if they bring out good ones, I'm here to buy them. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. I think um, because I don't have the nostalgia attached to it, and uh, generally the ports of arcade machines to consoles wasn't brilliant, I don't have that same love for collections. Um, there may be a few exceptions, such as you know old Street Fighter games or fighting games in general, but um, for regards to Sega Rally and stuff, they just never grabbed my attention. And by the time I'd played them on the consoles, other games had come out and done things better, in my opinion, or the frame rate was choppy on that version. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's a bit of a funny one, but it is interesting to hear you guys talk about it with such a, a fond nostalgia on it. I mean, to be honest, games like Sega Rally in Daytona USA and stuff, like... Like when you take it away from the cab, it's it, it's a bit of a, I I personally find it's a bit of a lesser experience because obviously the cabs are like kitted out with seat gear stick, steering wheel and the lot, and I, I think it it does make a big difference as far as as far as us, my experiences go. Oh, you you will find that getting a copy of Daytona USA for the PS3 and combining it with a nice vibration GT GT driving force stick will give you a. Very nice thing, along with a uh, outrun. I think it was both. Uh, both pretty much the reasons I got. A, I mean, I I did get a wheel for. Um, I think it was like sixty quid at Argos. It had gone down from one hundred and fifty quid, and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna live that dream. And it might yeah. might have only been for a year, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well worth it. The ones well I've had it. the hardest times replicating experiences were um like I don't know if this might be really old for you guys like pole position. Do you guys ever play it out in the arcade? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, that steering wheel, that would never lock. I mean, you could just keep turning it and turning it and turning it. Really added to it for me as a kid. It's really hard to replicate that. Uh, same with uh, Afterburner. I've never found a flight stick that felt just right like the Afterburner stick did. I think I only played that once or twice, but yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a different experience. And that, wasn't that a moving, moving pit, as, like a moving machine? Yeah, Yeah, had the, had the cockpit. Same with like a hang-on where you're on the bike. That was great. Oh, I've never played that in the arcade. Only on the uh, the Mega Drive and ah, that was pretty good. So, so are you guys do the collection discs or carts, whichever? Do they mitigate some of it, or is it more the social experience that you guys miss? Um, oh, you mean of, of being in the arcade anyway? Uh, yeah, like I can't say for myself, Ghosts and Goblins is better in the arcade than it is at home. Either way, I'm still dying in about thirty seconds. <laughs> Well, it, it is nice to have the option, but I, I think the truth is one of the one of the things behind all the collections that I've ever bought is that I don't think I I have really finished many of the games that I do buy on these collections. I just dip into them, have a little little taste of nostalgia, and then 
and leave him be on a on a shelf in a in a high position compared to how much time I'm actually spending with him. You know, uh, like like I I actually bought the Street Fighter Alpha anthology about Good. about six months ago. Um, I still haven't had my hands on a PS2 to actually put it in anything. It's still sealed. It's a sealed copy of the thing, but I know it's right now. I'm looking at it. It's on my very top shelf of games, just over in the corner. So uh, I guess it sort of it proves something about these games. You, am, am I playing them as much as uh, the credit I'm giving to them? Probably not. For myself, I, I tend to limit myself to like what I would have had as a kid. Like, like I'll be like, okay, I've got five quarters. That's all I can do. And then it, then it becomes almost a survival type thing. It's like, how far can I get in Final Fight on five quarters? That's an interesting approach. But I mean, <laughs> we've, we've, we've never ever beat any of our games in the arcade unless you were pumping in 20 bucks into the thing. So, I mean, maybe that's the way it was meant to be played. I, I think I beat one game in the arcade. I put, I think it was $15 into Silent Scope. And I was like, nope, I am beating you. <laughs> I mean, then then there's the exact opposite of that. You've got games which you think are arcade games, which actually weren't, like Streets of Rage, which which I know for a fact I've finished at least 50, 60 times easy. Yeah. Really? You know, and, and there, wasn't, there wasn't a restriction. It wasn't like there was an arcade version where I could have been putting money into it. I just knew from... You know, it is, for all intents and purposes, probably the best side-scrolling arcade game that never got to the arcades i guess meet me after the podcast we're gonna dupe this sucker out <laughs> i i find it's very surprising that wasn't in the arcade because not being an arcade kid i did play the crap out of streets of rage yeah, and anything anything like that altered beast and golden axe and all that were just ah oh, so so many days sunk into that that was final fight for me yeah so speaking on the not playing these games a lot i mean when we're emulating consoles do you guys have the emulator syndrome where you you don't really focus on one game you just kind of sample everything don't get anything accomplished on any of them no i i if i'm going to emulate something i'm going to emulate it because it's a game that i have played to death already i don't i don't do dipping in and out i fully commit to something and it is always like adventure games point and click and there's one engine that emulates most of the ones I want to play called Scum VM, which is just a fantastic Wii emulator. Oh yeah, the, the LucasArts? Yeah. It does more than LucasArts. It does everything. It does all the old Sierra games, so you can play like King's Quest and Leisure Suit Larry if you ever fancy it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> a bit of Leisure do, Suit Larry. Do you ever really fancy playing King's Quest again? Ever? Because that, that's rough. I mean, for a bit, a bit of nostalgia, but that's what it is. It's a bit of nostalgia. But yeah, you are right. It's LucasArts for the most parts, and I will play Monkey Islands to death, and I've bought them on Android, on an iPad, and I, I will never stop. Same with, like, Day of the Tentacle and that. So I could probably... Like, what I'm doing now is naming all the games that I would replay, and it's very kind of like i bought day of the tentacle on the ps4 and they're going to release full throttle at some point as well which oh are best. they cool yes yeah full throttle i i like that one the, i think the last i heard in that is it's going to get it's double fine that are doing it they're going to release it in 2016 but it's kind of getting close to the end of that and i haven't heard anything about it but so no i i wouldn't dip in and out of anything i wouldn't do any sampling i just i'm very kind of single-minded in what I would want to play from my childhood, which is remembering spending 10 days working out that I need to attach a rubber chicken to a rope <laughs> to slide across a cavern. Or, you know, like stupid things like that that are my fondest memories that I kind of relive and kind of get all tingly and lovely feeling about. Luke? Yeah, I, I haven't had that problem either. I mean... When I go back to play game, it's to play it. I don't, I don't really, you know, build an emulated system and then put all the games I can think of. I'll normally hand pick a few that I'll, I'll probably want to play. And I'm quite good with the sense that if I start a game, unless I hate it, I'll normally finish it. Um, one of my fondest experiences emulation was uh, when I was younger. Me and me and a friend, we were looking for some co-op games to play. And uh, I was a huge Sega kid when I was younger, and he was a huge Nintendo kid. 
So what we would do is we'd emulate um, all the, the co-op games we could go through, so Streets of Rage, uh, the Turtle games on the SNES, and yeah, that that was a really good experience. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think emulation's got a place, but it is really easy to get lost in that. Oh God, look at how many games I can download. Let's put them all on the system and never complete any of them. It's 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 a difficult one to avoid. Yeah, it's it's almost like getting free reign and like like being a kid and getting free reign in like a like a candy shop. You just it's like overwhelming <laughs> at times. Just how many? Cause, <laughs> No. Oh yeah, there, there used to be this place uh, back where I lived called uh, TNT. I think it's closed now, but you would pay a thirty-five dollar cover charge, and it was free play on all the arcade machines. And they probably had a good seventy arcade machines. And it was it was the same problem there. It's like, oh, ooh, ooh, I'm gonna play Commando. Oh, look, it's Dragon Slayer. You know, oh, look, it's Superman. Yeah, you, know, you just do that, and you know, then you realize, oh, oh crap, my time's up. I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's a wonderful system, especially now when it, it's kind of hard to justify paying twenty five cents or or what is it for you guys twenty p? No, 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 for no, a game no. that's gonna no. last. <laughs> Every everything's way up now. It's it's like it's a quid or two per game yeah. now. So. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Wow. Yeah. Even for I, the older stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Day, Daytona the other day, uh, one pound in Brighton, I think it was. Jeez. Thought, oh God, that's a bit, bit steep. Although it was a four, it was a four-person cabinet, and it was still still in sort of half decent condition, so it's it's not too bad a price to pay, I guess. Yeah, when when it comes to uh, emulating console games, it, I tend to do the things I'll never play. Like I'll, I'll I know Little Samson is a great game that everybody talks about, and I know I'll never have the four hundred dollars needed to play it. So it's well, I'll, I'll give this a go. You know, it's or oh hey, I never did play Ninja Gaiden two. Played one and three, but yeah, here we go. I, I tend to uh, have more objective base now. Like like if I'm playing all the Mario games, I will emulate Super Mario RPG. This was before Wii U had it on Virtual Console, and I'll just play that. And I mean, it is very hard to not go, ah, yeah, but Chrono Trigger's right there. There are some benefits to emulation, especially with the, the scum state where you can you can save your game. Um, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Playing with... Playing with the Mega Drive Master System when I was a kid, a lot of the games were arcade ports, and I guess it was just that age where everything was really, really difficult. So you know, I guess it was because games took so long to develop and they were so expensive. You wanted to try and get the most out of your game, and arcades were trying to make as much money as possible. Um, but going back and using those save states has been has been a real good way of going back and seeing the end part of games that's probably impossible financially. <laughs> yeah, I um, I know a lot of... I don't know if the rental market was big over there, but a lot of places have said they did make games purposefully hard as to make sure that people couldn't beat it on a rental. And that way they would have to go buy it. And I mean, that stuff is really hard to soldier through nowadays. Like, I mean, I mean even up until PS1... Like playing Resident Evil One, not having that quick save, it's oh crap! I gotta find a save point. <laughs> and you need printer ribbon as well. <laughs> oh yeah! Don't don't forget your, your, your ink ribbon. <laughs> do you guys? Do you guys let it? Would you give up emulation if, if something like Virtual Console? I mean, I know it is a licensing nightmare, and, and you can't get everything on there. But I mean, is that something you you would not emulate a game if it was on Virtual Console or PSN or? Xbox Arcade. Yeah, that's 100% where I am just now. I'm just about at the point where I no longer need to emulate anything if I want to dip back into my past. And I'm kind of I'm yeah. happy with that. It's just it's nice and it's nice. I know the day the tentacle came out, however many months ago, and it kind of thought I'll buy that, I'll play through it. It gives me a time to do it and a place to do it without thinking oh, you know, you know like without having that library of 10,000 games. It's given me a time and a place to play it, and it's it makes it a wee bit more special. I think as I've got older, I've found that you know emulation was a an option for me when I was younger, when I didn't have a lot of money. But now that I've got older and I've got more disposable income, I kind of like to support support developers and make sure the money is going to the right place. New kettle every week. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have to be the cynic of the group in in a way that. In, 
I don't I don't know how how entitled I should be to being able to download and try whatever I want really, but I think at a point where you spent a good thirty odd years of your life buying games constantly, they sort of you you give yourself a bit more flexibility for it. But uh, at the same point, I mean, you know, there's there's things that I still want to get like uh, Xeno Gears on PS One. Which of course never got a, luck. a European release. You know, I can get it off the PlayStation American store, but not not the EU one. And of course, you know, there's all the loopholes of buying American money to use on the American store to get. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of these developers aren't even in business now, or they're they're certainly not uh, trading their. Or making games under the same names that they did back in the eighties and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like Taito. Taito got bought out, didn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so I mean, even if you were to pay for, you know, Space Invaders nineteen ninety eight, it, it wouldn't go to Taito anymore. Yeah, if you bought it legit, like on a, on like Xbox Live Arcade or something like that, it's it's not gonna go to them. Square Enix, isn't it now? Yeah, I think it is. And, and then there's the things that you can never emulate and will never release again. Like, I mean, I don't think any of us are crying at night because we'll never get to play DJ hero, you know, in a couple of years. But, um, what about stuff like, like my, my white whale. And one day I will have this, even if I have to sell my kid, um, steel battalion. Mm. I want to play that game with that controller. Cause I think it's impossible. Otherwise, is that just arcade and Xbox original? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, with the controller itself, I believe is on Amazon. I think it's two fifty. Yeah. I, I, I really want to play that. But, I mean, there's a lot of those games that came with these weird... Like, um, something like Taiko Drum Master, or... I mean, they tried on the Wii with uh, Samba de Amigo, with, with the um, the Wii Mote, and... Well, it was awful, but they tried. <laughs> but there's so many of these games that, I mean, think about... Well, like, 20 years from now, when there's not a rock band guitar to be seen without paying an absorbent price, what are you going to do? So, are you guys collectors, then? Would you... I mean, for me, I... I used to live in a very, very small flat and I, I find that I didn't have space for everything and being a student, money's tight, you want to go drinking a lot. Um, games were My old games were a quick way of income uh, to the point now that I have got so thrifty with games that unless it's a game I love, I don't really keep it. Uh, if I want to go back to it, I'll buy it again or you know, I'll emulate it or something. Um, a lot of people find that a bit strange, to be honest. You know, a lot of a lot of people collect all yeah. their old games, but I've just grown out of it. My my podcasting studio, as it were. I mean, right now I I'm surrounded by seventeen consoles, all the way back to Pong, <laughs> and and I have over a thousand games. I mean, I don't want to get rid of that. I've worked very hard for it, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, when when I first got married, I had to sell a lot of them off because well, you need money, and some things, not many, are more important than gaming and keeping a collection. But I mean, I mean, I think now we're at the point where if you don't want to, if you don't have a PS4 or a Xbox One, games are getting so cheap now that, that you can buy it pretty much for any price. Like, I mean, I have a, a weekly limit of $30 to buy games with. And I mean, yeah, I can spend that and buy a PS4 game or I can buy like five PS2 games. And they're pretty good games. So, I mean, if you were wanting to start to build a collection so you don't have to emulate, unless you're going back to uh, cartridges... It's it's very doable. I guess that comes down to time then. Do you have the time to go back to play all those games? I would say at least once a week I'm, I'm playing an older game. Like, I, I tend to do a lot of um, uh, objective gaming, right? I mean, it's like, okay, this week I'm going to play through all the Ratchet and Clank games. And most of the time I have it or I'm missing one or, you know, I'm going to play through all the Mario games and, and thanks to Virtual Console. But um, for the most part, yeah, I'll... I'll play, you know, the old Ratchet and Clank game right after playing, you know, Valkyria Chronicles on the PS4, or, uh, let's see, last week, yeah, I went through Onomusha 3, and then I just, you know, switched notes and played uh, Mighty Number no. 9, it's it's not a big deal to me at all, uh, unless you're getting back to, like, the seven late 70s, early 80s, like, I can't say I have a hankering desire to play, you know, <laughs> Sheriff or Space Invaders or Defender, I, I don't really have any attachment to those. Yeah, it's, it's odd that we're distinguishing things as, as being retro when the, when the fact is, you know, I, I can quite easily, I, I think it was uh, the very start of last year when I, I finally got a Sega Saturn, 
And I was playing playing things like uh, Sega Rally, but at the same time, I, I'm sure I was playing, um, you know, uh, I don't know, all, all sorts of crazy news. I was playing um, Battlefield 4 on the PS4 in the evening, playing Sega Rally during the day, a little bit of like Virtua Fighter 2. And and it's it's odd for me because I you know I I don't think there's a distinction between different eras of games. It's like you know they might look old to some people, but for me they all it's it's about how the game plays. It's there is no real visual thing. And, and you know I I want the new new PlayStation when it comes out, but at the same time I'm happy to go back and play something like the Saturn. Convincing my kid to play Bubble Bobble is a bit hard, but once she starts playing it, she doesn't care what it looks like. It's just fun. I think that's one thing I'm going to miss when I, I have children It's going back and playing the old games, you know, digging out consoles from the loft that I had when I was a child and running through that with my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my daughter's first game system was a old school Nintendo. And I mean, she loved it to death, even though I was playing God of War 3 and Splatterhouse. She, she loved playing uh, Mario and, and the Ninja Turtles game and all that stuff just because to them it's all new. It doesn't matter. Mm hmm. I'm just thinking I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to try this out because Amelie has um she just plays PlayStation Four with me or by herself. She hasn't actually had anything. I suppose she hasn't. She's not old enough. She's only six. She hasn't been presented with anything older looking or retro. And, and I'm doing those inverted bunny ear things, but <laughs> you know retro quotes quote end quote um. <laughs> <laughs> but I might have to pick something up and give it to her just to see if she reacts to it. It's something I never even thought about. If she if she goes, what what is this you are giving me? Why is everything flat? Why is, why am I just running? <laughs> why am I just running left to right? What's going on, Dad? You know, um, so it might be, might be worth giving it giving it a bash. I actually I've got a PlayStation Three that I've um, I'm setting up upstairs for her. So I might go and troll through the old library of games and see if I can find some a collection or something. Abby mostly plays Minecraft because that's what all the kids do nowadays. But e- even now, you know, she'll come upstairs and be like, ah, I'm done with Minecraft. Do you want to play the old Mario? It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can do that. So, I mean, e- even then, she still wants to play the older stuff, even though she's got the newer stuff. But, I mean, it, it doesn't always work. My kid is a little weird. All right, so um, what, what about uh, stuff like remasters and... and Things of that nature, the PS4, bringing it to the PS1 days, the PS2 days. Um, have you guys any experience with, with those kind of things? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had experience with everything, pretty much. Um, so what what's, what consoles are you mentioning, then, since since what period? Well, lately, Capcom has been on a, a tear of, of bringing their stuff to PS4. And, uh, well, I frankly love that. Hmm. But things like Valkyria Chronicles, I mean, that's only one generation, but that, that makes sure that you'll be able to play it from now until the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Capcom have been on a bit of a run for a while. They had, um, you know, the the PS3 stuff at the end of the end of the last last generation cycle where they had, uh, what, the Dungeons & Dragons games, the Street Fighter games, the Final Fight. Devil May Cry. Um yeah, the Devil May May Cry HD collection, I believe. Um, I, I'm quite quite surprised they never got around to doing Onimusha, but um, ah, I'm waiting for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's all it's all the uh, all essential stuff, really. Uh, the good thing is that they, you know, they they're not remastering the 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 shit games. <laughs> so they're. Uh, I mean, let Wait, me think. You don't want to see Under the Skin HD. I'm not even. What is under the? What's under the skin? It was. It was an early Capcom game. Oh, wow. No. No. I'm not even. Not even aware of it. Shame on you, Michael. Come on. Just. Just fill me in. I need to know now. What is under the skin? <laughs> um. It, it, it's. It's a game where Capcom brought out. You. Um. It's cell shaded. It looks kind of like the Jet Grind. Kind of cell shading. Um. You play as a little alien who likes to play pranks on people, and that's pretty much it. It oh, gets pretty Lord. old pretty fast. Well, this is news to me. Yeah, think of like a very kiddie Tecmo's deception. So what are you guys' opinions of like Capcom especially seem to be guilty of just porting rather than actually doing any remake or re- remastering, especially with the Dead Rising series. I've heard the first ones aren't very good. Are you guys okay with that? Um, Mike, do you want to hit him or should I? <laughs> uh, I'm checking out Under the Skin right now. It is. <laughs> um, I, I actually prefer that. them bringing them out without touching them up. Okay. Because, because that way, I mean, you'll always have it the way you remember it. Yeah. Which isn't always a good thing. No. 
if they're going to remaster it and change it, I would at least like to be able to play the original. I mean, there are some very rare cases, like the original Resident Evil. The, the remaster they did for the GameCube and the Wii just, just leagues better than the PlayStation version. And it, I guess in that case, I'm fine if I never played the PS1 version again. Because I don't really need to shoot angry Dorito-looking spiders anymore. <laughs> so I guess, but, like... But for the most part, like, I, I, had, I did buy uh, the Dead Rising 1, 2, and Off the Record. And, yeah, all they really did was clean up the visuals in terms of fidelity, not in terms of, uh, uh, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever, the, the, the graphics. It doesn't look any better, it just looks sharper and clearer. Sometimes they have the same technical problems, but again, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, I guess like Halo, uh, the Master Chief collection is kind of a good example of ah, what they can do. You know, you, you have the option to switch between what it looked like before and what it looks like now with a with their update work, um, I thought it was quite a good feature. I like I like that and um, the the remasters, the LucasArts remasters, uh, switching back to the old school view is just you switch. Oh yeah, back, that's great. But it doesn't even just change the the look; it changes the controls back to you know your verb bar down the bottom left, and you've got to kind of control it completely differently. And Dave, actually, I started playing. Resident Evil on the PS4 the other day was it on Plus. I can't remember if it was on. I don't know why I've got it, but it's yeah, there. it's on Plus. What do you think about them removing the tank controls or remove giving you the option to not use tank controls in Resident Evil One? I, I, I thought it was kind of odd. I quite like my tank controls. Well, I'm kind of okay with it because if if you think about it, a lot of the times when we go back to play an older game, what stops us is those oh. Oh, I forgot these controls. Yeah. So, I mean, like, have you ever played Metroid Prime? Since you've been playing leagues of first-person shooters, it feels awkward and okay. weird. But, I, I I mean, as long as they give you that option. I mean, I personally, oh, I'm okay with tank controls, but I, I like the uh, the 4, 5, and 6 kind of controls better. Fair enough. For me, I quite like remasters and remakes and these re-releases. Um, I've picked up a lot of games that, I'd forgotten about that I loved when I was younger. There's games that I missed that I've picked up and um, finally understood why they're so so well reviewed, such as Persona. Yeah, I have no problem with that whole culture. I mean, some people seem to complain about it being a lazy way for making money, but for me, it's uh, if you don't want it, don't buy it. But there's been loads of games I've picked up the last two generations that. I either didn't have the option to play legitimately without emulation um, that I've thoroughly enjoyed going through again. For example, Zelda Ocarina of Time. Um, I, I just fell in love with that game again. It's such a great game. Well, that that's your opinion, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the rule that every the first Zelda game you play, maybe not in your case because you played the shit ones first, uh, <laughs> is your favourite one. <laughs> Yeah, I know Nintendo's really good about keeping their backlog accessible at almost all times, at least theirs. I don't know if you guys have played it or not, but did you guys play the uh, what Konami did on the Wii? With um, Gradius and Castlevania Rebirth? No. No, I, I played the, uh, the Castlevania beat-em-up, but what, what was Rebirth again? Uh, Rebirth was, they, they took a, a game probably nobody misses, and that's uh, Castlevania for the Game Boy, Castlevania Adventure. Ah, right. And I remember the they box basically art just that. remade it. <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> box art. But yeah, yeah, they, they they completely remade it. New sprites, new everything. The only thing that felt familiar was was the gameplay systems themselves, and you could tell they were giving nods to the original game. Hmm. I mean, is that a bad thing for you guys? I'm not sure. I mean, there's also a was it Capcom who did a they did a remake of. They actually made a, a brand new Ghouls and Ghosts on the PSP with like two point five D, and it oh Ultimate Ghouls and Ghosts yeah, and it it tried to capture everything which which was good about the original, but they just sort of missed the point in the end. It just didn't feel like a like the right choice to make. It, it seems like a lot of times they're they're trying to re remake their old games, but sort of missing exactly what you know what what made them good in the first place. Yeah, Konami did that with uh, what was it Castlevania Dracula X Chronicles. PSP, where they redid Rondo of Blood. 
although to be fair it does have a, an emulated version of Symphony of the Night and the original Rondo of Blood on there. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the perfect way to do it, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because we gamers are a tough crowd to uh, to get happy. <laughs> yeah, and and shocked when we find out there's a new Capcom game, which they've never heard of from 2004, <laughs> called Under the Skin. Oh, I, I got it. head for the last five minutes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anytime you want a new one, I'm pretty sure I can get you one. <laughs> Nintendo's really, really good about it, like I said. Um, the only problem is they do seem to put a price tag on it. Like if you bought Super Mario 64 on the Wii, you have to pay $2 to be able to play it on the Wii U with the Wii U interface instead of going into Wii mode. I mean, is this something that really bums you guys out or, or are you happy to pay that $2 because now you can play it on your newest system? You don't have to hook up an older one. Well, yeah, it irritates me a little because, you know, if, if you paid the first time around and it's like, I mean, then there's the other case, which is what if you bought a DS at launch and got Super Mario 64 DS at the time? You know, you've already you've already been through that churner so many times and it just feels like you've been milked for a bit of extra money, really. I mean, you could you could argue it's R&D funds put into, you know, better emulation for the Wii U. But no, I, you know, I, I think, you know, Sony have been doing it. You bought, you know, your, your PS1 games on the PS3, you could play them on the Vita. I'm sure at some point in the future they'll probably add something for the PS4 so you can finally play those PS1 games again. Yeah. But I mean, every, every you know the Xbox has been doing it as well. We've, you know, you buy all these games, you're getting the backwards compatibility for everything. It's it's not a case of paying ponying up extra just for, for, you know, what I'm guessing is a standard emulation put in place for all titles. It's not custom made for each title, is it? Especially with NES games or SNES games, which you know you can run them on a no, Raspberry Pi. I don't think it is. Slightly. I'm undecided on that at the moment. I think they're you pay for the service with Nintendo. They obviously don't bring in the same amount of money as Sony and Microsoft do at the moment. Anyway, um, you know the last big hitter for them was Pokemon and the Wii. I think what you're probably paying for those extra costs is the the cost of keeping their digital service up. Mm. But for me, like I have a I have a launch 3ds. And uh, I was quite bummed out when they announced all these new, well, the remastered SNES games that were only available on the new 3DS. And that's that's kind of keeping me back from buying things on the virtual console, thinking, you know, if it doesn't carry with me or um, yeah. it kind of puts me off a little bit. There, there is the other side to that argument, which is that if, you know, if we're all launch 3DS people, we've already been, you know, given ambassador games and all sorts, which is much more than the other companies would have done in the first place. So I guess I am yeah. critical in a way. Any remasters you guys have been really enjoying lately? Maybe played them the first time? Maybe they're old favourites for you? My favourite remaster of recent times, and I'm going to do it again and you can just cut me out. Day like, of the Tentacle. Cut the whole thing out. Grim Fandango. <laughs> oh, look at you. Yeah, yeah. I've got another, another game up my sleeve. Um... The remaster of that was fantastic, <laughs> and it kept tank controls. It was absolutely, it was perfectly done. You could swap between the old and the new views. Everything was just sublime about that game when it first came out, and I it gave me a huge boner to go through it again. <laughs> really did. It's it's like yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Yep, but just cut you know cut that whole section out. I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's as funny as you, it was when you were a kid i think it's funnier I, th I honestly think it's funnier it's the same with a few of the games like day of the tentacle and a couple of the monkey island games that i've played through and the broken sword games that get released on the ipad they're all really well done oh, yeah. and I, I think you appreciate them a lot more back then it was weeks of being frustrated at a puzzle but see, like i've yeah. got to the point where i can just blast every single game i know exactly what i'm doing and I still find it really satisfying and fun to know that I've got to take that rubber chicken to the other side of the island to slide <laughs> over to see Meat Hook. I, I know, really like that rubber chicken, man. Well, it's just an example. I know I know exactly what to do. I could write a walkthrough for every single one of these games. And The monkey wrench puzzle? I would just that was like, one I remember. It's, I know, but it's like, um, if you know how to do it, does it wouldn't oh god what am i trying to say what i'm trying to say is it doesn't detract 
from the loveliness of the remaster because playing it again is what it's all about in the story. Does that any of that make any sense whatsoever? Oh yeah, uh, I'll be satisfied when LucasArts brings back Outlaws. That's when I'll be satisfied. What about Jedi Knight? <laughs> None of you guys have played Outlaws. Is Outlaws the one which has little chickens? No, no, no. It's, it's, no, no, it's no, no I, know it's a, I know it's a cowboy what? game. It's a cowboy game, but I'm sure it had some weird sort of like chicken sprite thing. It's sort of it's like a pre um pre cell shaded uh cowboy FPS, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a Doom clone or a or Blood clone or, or you know whatever you want to call it, Duke Nukem clone. Yeah, I, I loved that game. I just remember something about chickens in it. I don't know why that rings a bell, but there you go. Chickens? <laughs> Was were they rubber chickens? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> what about you, Luke? You've been playing any good remasters lately? Ones a note for me have been uh, Zone of the Enders. I got that last Christmas. The collection. Um, I loved the first one, yeah. uh, but I'd never picked up the second one, so I had a good time going through those. Um, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. I'm going to buy that tonight on the iPad, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I love that game. And um, probably the best remaster or uh, remake, I can't remember which, it's just a remaster. Jack and Dexter on the Vita, that game just oh, was brilliant, the first one especially. Um, it was made for that console, and if you're looking for something to play on your Vita, I thoroughly recommend Jack and Dexter. Um, I think it was a plus game as well, so might be a good one to try out. My selection of uh, uh, remakes and remasters is is pretty much anything from Bluepoint. So, uh, yeah, that that basically includes um, what the Shadow of Colossus uh, HD version, which I think we got on PS Plus a couple of years ago, um, and the Ico Ico um, HD version as well. They're, they're both both really good. Um, I liked it how Shadow of Colossus sort of pushed it up because the the original you know it suffered a bit in frame rate so it's nice to see a game finally finally tap into its true potential but then the oh so they the, made it fun well no I, I liked it originally i liked it originally i thought it maybe it is a bit bare bones at the end of the day but yes yeah, I, I thought it was a really good game uh, the other the other one they also did was um a snake eater metal gear solid 3 and I think they also did Peace Walker at the same time in the the HD collection of Metal Gear Solid, where oh yeah, that thing's brilliant. Yeah, and oddly enough, you also get emulation of the MSX two games in there, don't you? With uh, Metal yep. Gear and Metal Gear Two, which I also completed for the first time through that collection. So, uh, oh, did you? Good job. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a perfect example of when emulation can go go great. But um, other than that, I think uh. I really liked Akami HD. I thought that was a that was a really really nice version of a game which already looked brilliant. I mean, I don't I don't know about Akami itself. Is it is it the best game ever? Probably not. But does it look beautiful? Yep. <laughs> is it better than Shadow of the Colossus? Yep. Ah, oh, God, Dave, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> How do you think I feel? But I don't know. There's there's too many to choose from. I mean, at the moment, what are we looking at? We we've just seen a Bioshock remaster come out. We've seen remasters of just about everything. I mean, at some points, when you see a Saints Row game getting remastered, I I think things are starting to go a bit bit funny. But yeah, that is a little weird. But there's a few a few another good what's um, Arkham Asylum upcoming remaster that will oh, yeah. probably be yeah, sure. amazing. <laughs> Another um, remake remaster that was phenomenal was uh, Ratchet and Clank. That oh, was yeah. I th- oh, I, yeah. I actually think that was better in nearly every way than the original. It was it was phenomenal to play through. I have a few niggling complaints about it, but not. I mean, the game itself was great. I, I just wish they didn't show you like what, what was it almost an hour footage of the movie. Yeah, Are yeah, it's nearly all of the movie. <laughs> Who's gonna go see the movie after that? I mean, luckily, I watched the movie before I played the game. But yeah, the the new Ratchet and Clank is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Even the old Ratchet and Clank that they um they released on PS3, a really good collection. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I like the fact that a, a couple of obscure ones are are getting remasters, like Valkyria Chronicles, or um, big one for me was Odin's Fear. Hmm. 
Oh, I'm going to try to pronounce it. Uh, a Lefzheiser, something like that. <laughs> Good effort. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I really like that, that some of the even offbeat companies are starting to get into it. And of course, all the Capcom ones, because Capcom owns a quarter of my soul along with Blizzard. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming to Europe, to be honest with you. I'd have to check into it. But they have the Atari Flashbacks Volume 1 and 2 on PS4 coming. And it's, I think, all together with Volume 1 and 2, it's 70-odd um, Atari 2600 games. Why those 8-kilobyte games need two PS4 discs is beyond me. But stuff like that, it makes me wonder. I mean, I'm sure there are people older than us that are, you know, their NES is the Atari 2600. Personally, I don't find out what's so great about Enduro, but, you know, they like it. To me, that seems like a bit of a cash grab because why do you need to split it into two discs? And I'm, there might be something I don't understand, but that's the first one I've seen where I'm like, ah, that's a little weird. I mean, it does bring up a good question of uh, do you guys feel nostalgic for games that you've never played? Mike, do you ever get a um, almost like a, um, a a social nostalgia? You may not have any personal nostalgia about it, but it's the gaming community as a whole is like, oh, this was great. And, and you get the feeling like you want to try it on the original console? Um, well, to, to a degree, I mean, and not, not not 100% that way. I mean, I, I always see a lot of people raving about the uh, Star Wars arcade game. And I always think... Oh, yeah. I remember playing that at one point in the past, but I don't think there's any possible way for me to actually do that now. The closest I'm going to get is through... Emulation. If it's the same one, I think it was with going through the the forest of Endor on the the speeder bike thing. That's possibly the same one I played, but I'm not sure. I could, you know, There's a you know there's there's a lot of games where where people people have their own memories of them, and you think that sounds that sounds brilliant. Why isn't that part of my own memories? But you know, uh, yeah, you have you have to admit as well that like, you're not going to play every game that ever comes out, and you know you've got your own memories. If, if I like Super Mario Brothers 2 because I remember getting it as a surprise birthday present one one year, that's probably made me like that game a hell of a lot more than I, I probably should do, then you know, that's, that's <laughs> personal to me. And, and the truth is, no one else is going to get that experience. So really, you know, it's, 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 on, a, it's on, a, on a per person basis for most of these games. You know, you might remember it was your, you know, your uncle from years ago who took you to an arcade and let you play this game, which... You know, it's all it's all quite subjective, really, and yeah, you know your your memories dictate what's the best. You know, Knights of the Round. That's a Capcom game I remember playing in in an arcade. I love Wales. that game. Yeah. And uh, and I, I Percy's I, my man. I think yeah, I, I think I played it about six or seven times that first day I saw the cabinet. Uh, is it a great side scrolling beat 'em up? I don't know. I'm completely biased. My memories are just just attached to that experience of playing it the first time, playing it again through emulation, playing the arcade version, playing the Super Nintendo version, uh, all through emulation. I've never actually owned the game. All I know is that I put a good good six, seven pounds into that machine when I first played it. But, uh, you know, it's just completely subjective, really. I don't think I'm going to capture everyone else's love for a game from the past because I don't have my own full experience and I don't think as far as I go that I'll be able to mimic exactly what they get from it in any way well said Mike my boy uh, what about you Luke I've found throughout life that when people hype games up it's normally due to their own nostalgia or being there in the time and that was the best thing about then and generally when I go back and try those games or those films again um, I don't get on with them so I'm not really interested in it to be honest unless it's something I get to to play with a, you know, unless it's something I want to go back and play by myself because I remember it, then yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I, I'm not really interested in games before the Master System or the NES. Um, those those games don't appeal to me at all. They're just it's too far of a jump back. Not even in that historical sense of like, oh, I can see, you know, this came from this, like how Pitfall led to Mario kind of thing. I would rather watch a video of it than than play the game myself. I think. Ah, okay. Uh, Craig, I I um I'm with Mike 100. percent It's a very personal experience. 
I mean, I I can't think of anything. That, in fact, the best way the best way to think about it for me is I can't I can't follow half of the games that you mentioned there, and I I've got very I've got a wee bit of an urge to go back and try some of them. Because see, saying something like Pitfalls, the the start of whatever, Mario, I think that makes me more interested yeah, yeah. in going back and playing it just to see, just to have a week and a glimpse into it. And I suppose that's that was the kind of thing that would probably get me back into emulation. It's something I've never thought about is the history of games as opposed to playing it just out of nostalgia. If if you want to get into platformers, start with Pac Land. It was the first. Well, I I'm actually thinking I want I want to go back and play Tre- Treasure Island Dizzy. Oh, no, no, no Dizzy Games, I'm sorry, no. Well, you've done a flip <laughs> when you jump, man. <laughs> oh, well, that makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> what about you, Div? It, well, I'm one of those weird people that has to try to play every every game ever made. If I don't, I'll die unhappy, which means I'll die unhappy, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean that's why I, I, I buy weird things like the 3DO and play Gex on it, because, well, I have to. It, it it's I almost feel like a curator for my own little museum. It it's very weird, and my wife has slapped me a few times. It still doesn't get rid of it. Mm. But I, I mean, emulation is is all about the history for me. I, I do you really want to go back and play well Treasure Island Dizzy for fun, or do you like oh okay I see where this is going, or 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 why were the Bitmap Brothers so important, or you know things like that. Almost every time I emulate now, it is from that very historical point of view which while i'm talking um play things like crontendo or or game boy world wonderful channels you guys should check out on youtube and i mean it goes through year by year and talks about every game that was released and and there are times on crontendo i'm like that game looks interesting i'll give that a good half hour 45 minutes Mm. And, and that's when you understand oh yeah hey this is where the double jump comes from that's cool it won't help you in life at all but you'll get a warm little feeling inside what, you mean I'm not going to learn to double jump in real life? Uh, well, that's right after I learn how to Hadouken. I try once a year. It hasn't worked yet, but when it does... <laughs> but, um, yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, it, it's all pretty much from the historical... I mean, same thing why I love things like uh, HG 101. You know, it's just... I don't necessarily need to play it, but sometimes playing it makes it more important to me. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Like, yes, mm-hmm. Pac-Land is not a very good platformer, but playing it, you're like, oh, this is where it came from. This is great. It's kind of like, you don't need to see Alien to watch the crap movie Alien vs. Predator, but it helps. All right, guys, all that's left is for me to thank you, every one of you for uh, discussing this with me. Uh, uh, Mike, as a parting note, uh, what would you like to see remastered or, or reimagined? I'm not, I'm completely stumped with this question, but I think I'd probably go for a Super Mario Land on the Game Boy. I think that'd be a yeah. be pretty That's cool. An oddball one. Yeah, that Luke. Thanks for having me and the Rogue Squadron series from the GameCube. Oh yeah, that's another oddball. Yeah. Factor Five, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. I had I, I played those games to death. I loved them. All right, Kev. Anything striking your fancy? Luke stole my one. <laughs> and, and any of the old Star Wars games. And um, Craig, uh, you mentioned a LucasArts game. Uh, you're fired. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's bad. That's harsh. Um, can I say the Castle Monkey Island? No. Um, <laughs> actually, what I would like to play more than anything, for some strange reason, when you asked that question, I thought of Local Roco. Oh, okay. A PS4 version of Local Roco, the one that came out on the PSP. No, not on the PS3. The one that was on the V, not the, the Vita. PSP. What was the pre? The PSP. The PSP Local Roco. Yeah. Was just I loved that game. So yeah, that Local Roco and the Castle Monkey Island. If anyone is listening, I <laughs> uh, see. You should have at least said Maniac Mansion. Gives you more cred. Uh, you can st- you can play Maniac Mansion. On the remaster, a day of the tentacle. Yeah, so yeah. it's oh, of, they kept that in. Yeah, oh, it's still there. Cool. So you can you can dive right in and just just hit Maniac Mansion. Oh, okay, uh, myself, uh, I want Onimusha. That, that's all I want. I just want one, two, and three on a nice PS4 disc. <sighs> then I can play them again without pulling out the PS2. All right, and um, we'll see you next week.
Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>